Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My brother, Jay Hizzle, over here in the six. How you doing, my dog? Great. I'm doing great. You know, I, 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 I say I'm doing great, but as a fan of a team, Jay, you, you know, you, you kind of live and die by, especially as diehards ourselves, man. You kind of it kind of can affect your mood. So the Warriors, are on a, I'm not going to I'm going to address the elephant in the room. The, the Warriors, the Thunder champs are on a four game losing streak. So and a, t- a terrible loss last night. So uh, so I, I got that in the back of my head. But other than that, I can't complain. You know, we live and we breathe and see another day, Jay. So other than that, I'm good. But how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jay. Doing good. It's happy. Happy to this Friday. The weekend is here. Yes, uh, sir. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jay, like you said, yeah, as a diehard fan, you're always on that pendulum of like happy yeah. and sad, but that's how the game go, man. That's, that's why it's this the nice. best game in the world. That's basketball, man. But, nice. um, but yes, Jay, so um, we're happy to be here for this episode for the family out there. Uh, we have a jam-packed, exciting episode for you guys, man. Uh, we got we, we got uh, four fun segments, and then we got some games to get into as well, man. So we're not going to waste no time around here. We know we don't like to waste any time. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you smash that subscribe button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you show some love by leaving us a nice little ranking below and leave us a nice little comment. But if all that's out the way, let's go ahead and get into it, Jay. Uh, Jay, my brother, I mean, over here at Clutch Talk, I feel like, you know, everyone, when, when you do something good you feel me you you need to be rewarded and jay you came up with a genius idea this week you sent me this the link to this uh basically it's like guess guess a player game right and you were like yo we should add this as a segment and i was mind boggled i was like this is a great idea jay so that's exactly where we're going to kick this off today's episode um oh by the way today is november 4th friday november 4th for everybody out there trying to timestamp us <laughs> november 4th so don't 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 get don't get mad at us if we say something that happens after man but um yeah so we're gonna get into this game uh this a uh, purtle guessing game um i'm gonna go ahead and share my screen here and what what, what will come up is about some i think some facts or like a highlighted pick like highlighted where you can't really see the who the player is and we have to guess it so um i'm just gonna go ahead and share my screen here and we'll Let's, we'll, we'll go ahead and get, get get into it. Do you do you see that, my brother? Yes, sir. Yeah, just so so people know how we're playing, and you get eight guesses to try to guess any current NBA player. Green in any comma indicates a match, so that could be like whatever. If it's Eastern Conference, Western Conference, how tall the player is, um, weight. I don't know if it has weight, but then yellow in the team column indicates that in the mystery player at one point played for this team, but does not currently. Yellow in the position column indicates a partial match to the uh, to the mystery player's position. Yellow in another and any other column indicates this attribute is in within two inches years numbers of the mystery player. Um, so basically, that's it, Jay. So we can do the silhouette, or we can just guess. You know, try to guess it without using the silhouettes, but it's up to you. Do you you trying to do it? Let's try to do it without the silhouette. Let's try, let's, yeah, let's try without. Let's the try to do it without the silhouette. I like All right. that. All right, let's, let's try, to, let's do try to do it without the silhouette. Okay, first. okay. Um, um, what player are you feeling? Like, I guess it could be any random player. But I guess I mean, we, so we could we write any. We can guess any random player right here. We can just guess any player, and then we got to try to base it off. Uh, okay, base it off that. Who you who you feeling? Just you want to go? In. You want to go, Trey Young? Are you not feeling Trey Young? I feel I feel like we should do, you know what I think we should do? We should do someone who's like 6'6. So then if it's up or down, or maybe Lonzo Ball. We could do Trey Young. Let's do Lonzo. Let's do Lonzo. Okay, let's do let's do Lonzo. Yeah. You like Lonzo? Because then we know up or down. Because then right, we could go up he, or down on the height. He, he's 6'6 six, yeah. six even. Okay. Okay. So it's an Eastern Conference and it's a guard. Eastern and he's Conference. below 6'6. Six, six. He's above 25. He's older than 25. That's hard. Oh, oh what was this? A long, long He's older than 25. Oh, what? George Hill? Oh, yeah. Or Drew Holiday? No. No. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, let's try Yeah, it. try George Hill. Let's try George Hill. Ah. Uh. So he's number. Th- he is number three. He oh, so he's a he's a number. So Grayson, who's Grayson number Allen? three? No, Grayson Allen. No, Grayson Allen's not. A- nah, Grayson Allen's like six the- four, right? He's like six four, six five. 
right? Three. Um, Number I, three, I he's I below thirty-six. I can't guarantee that Grayson Allen is not is six four six five. Man, honestly. Do you, do you want to try Drew Holiday or because he's not he's not number three. He's not number three though. Oh, uh, he's guard Eastern Conference. He's number three. I feel is, like this. Bradley know. Beal. Bradley Beal. Let's try Bradley Beal. Oh, <laughs> okay, he's so, below twenty nine, so he is in that same conference. Okay, yeah, same conference. Southeast. Who's in the Southeast Conference? Malcolm mm-hmm. Brogdon. He's not number three, though. Oh, yeah, he's not number man. Okay. Man, uh, this is tough. Who's in the Eastern Conference? Who's who's in the Southeastern Conference? I'm th- trying to think what teams. Who would that even be? Uh, below 6'4". Pull up, pull up, pull up. The, the South. Should we pull it up? Should we pull it up? No, no, we don't need it. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to think. Wait, who's in the Eastern? Who's in the Eastern Conference? Southeastern Conference guard three, and he's under. He's under six four. Jay, who who is this? I I, I don't know why Jay, but I I I, mean, I I think it's Grayson Allen. I don't know, but I, but I I also don't know much about the the, the like, southeast divisions and all that, so I don't know the. It might be Grayson Allen. You could try that. Let's just give it a try. But Jay, but they're on the same team though. Wait, hold on. They're on the same team, so he's not number three though. Oh, so they're on the same team as as the. Oh, well, George Hill's on the on yeah, the Bucks right, too, so right. he can't be number three. You're right. You're right. That's a great, great, great observation. Man. He was number three at Duke. He was number three at Duke. That's probably yeah. why you're thinking of it. And I think he was on the – actually, I don't know what number he was on the Grizzlies. Man. Oh, who's this? You want to show the silhouette, uh, Jack? Should we see the silhouette? Let's see the silhouette. <laughs> Let's, see the silhouette. <laughs> Let's see it. Why did it look like – Terry Rozier. Terry what? That's Terry Rozier. It has to be, right? Let me see. Oh, it's ah, Terry, scary Terry. Okay, I knew it right. Jay, okay, it's Terry Rozier. I see you. Uh, okay. I see you. Okay. okay, I see you, my brother. That was smart. That was fire. That was yeah. a great first. That was a great little first segment to get into. I didn't even know that was Terry Rozier, man. Man, I didn't know they're in the East. I don't know conference. I don't know divisions like yeah, that. I, to be honest. real, I don't. Yeah, I don't know divisions like that either. Bear, man, I barely even know my. Besides the Pacific, there. yeah. Besides, <laughs> exactly. besides, like the the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, the big ones, Feet, yeah. Suns. I know the Pacific, like that, because yeah. it's our, it's our. We, we right here, <laughs> our division. Right yeah, that's exactly. it, though. Exactly, Kings. but man, yeah. great, great, great game, Jay. Uh, and for the fans out there, man, be expecting that consistently throughout these episodes, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you know, if you're at home, you know, get guests with us. Leave a like a comment down below. Say, yo, I got it before you guys. I got it after. You know, whatever. You know, let us know. But uh, all right, man. So then, Jay, let's let's uh, get to our next segment here, Jay, and that's the Upper Down Report, um, one of our favorite segments that we have here. And uh, Jay, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off early. Uh, we know that the All Star Game this year is in Utah, uh, and with them playing the way that they're playing, Jay, uh, currently sitting in that third seed, are you up or down that somebody from the Utah Jazz will make it into the All Star Game this year, Jay? It's so early, but I want to say Lori Markin. He's looking like an All Star. <laughs> He's looking like an all-star. And I will say this, Jay. At what point does Danny Ainge say this might be a playoff basketball team? You got to start asking yourself that, right? They're competing. There's been no game where I felt like they're truly getting blown out. And they're two. I think they have two losses now. They've been in every game. They fought hard with Dallas last night. Um, they're looking like a team who's who's a playoff team. They got the veteran. They got the depth, honestly. I don't see why not. And if they keep at this pace, that's a playoff basketball team, Jay. But I'm going to go with Lori. Lori is looking like most improved all-star caliber player this year. Yeah, Jay, I'm Serious. right there with you. Up, I mean, right now, 21 points per game, nine rebounds on 51% from the field. And most importantly, mm-hmm. Jay, he's winning. When, yeah. when no one expected this, man. I mean, me, you, yeah. and Greg had him sitting at the bottom of, uh, of the yeah. list, man. So definitely up on that, too. But all right, Jay, let's keep it pushing. Let's get to the next statement. Uh, Jay, this week I was watching the Magic and OKC game, which I will get into later. Uh, and I got really impl- impressed with Bull Bull. Ended the game with 13 points, 12 rebounds, four blocks, and four of four from the free throw line. Uh, and it got me thinking, Jay, are you personally up or down on Bull Bull ever becoming a number one or number two option in this league? Because he's good, but he's got some uh, issues. He's good. 
He's good. I, I would say yes. I want to see him get stronger. Mm-hmm. I want to see a lot of things from him. Um, consistency, right? We've only seen six games, seven games of him, maybe even five. I don't know if every game he's played solid so far in, 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 in this season, but I got, I got to see more of a track record and a consistency for Tim to say he's ever going to be a number one, number two option. Right now, he's looking like he has the potential to be a really elite role player and complement the guards especially saw it firsthand last night um, watching that Warriors magic game, how he can compliment Ben Carroll. Suggs is looking like showing flashes of his potential. Franz Wagner, him complimenting that young core, being an elite role player. He has that potential one, two option right now. It's I have to, we have to hold the horses a bit there with just a small, um, a small record, a small track record. Um, this at this point, Jack. Yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on the down for that, uh, only because I like Bobo a lot, and he does a lot of great things, covers a lot of space, uh, really can move. Like, I've never seen a guy that big mm-hmm. move down court. Uh, but he's also got a lot of issues, man, gets into a lot of foul trouble, um, isn't, isn't, you know, isn't the most, dis- isn't the most disciplined player on, on the offensive end as well. So I think, yeah, he's got to get that on lock, and more than anything, he's got to get bigger, man. I mean, it would yeah. be an atrocity having like Giannis, like him trying to guard a Giannis or like yeah. Joel Embiid. That would be bad for his chest. But uh, but all right, Jay. <laughs> so let's keep that. He's getting his chest caved he's in. His chest caved in he, by Giannis. Yeah, he's looking, but he has guard skills in a seven three body which though, crazy, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Looking like a Victor, a Victor Wanayama light or something. Man, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jason. So let's keep pushing to the next statement here. Jay, uh, this is going to sound crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy, but are you up or down on the Nets trading Kyrie Irving? I know it's going to sound up like on it. You're, oh, you're, up up on on it. It. you're up on it. You're up on it. I'm trading it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be up on it. I'm up on it. You know, this Scott, I, I'm up on him potentially being out of the league. I don't know what, what in terms of basketball and his – like his, how his priorities in life. I don't know. I, I'm not with the dude. I don't know, but I'm just basing off what I see and what what's presented to us. The facts, right? This is this is all speculation. But I don't know. We can we honestly sit here and say it's basketball is the highest priority in this dude's life. I'm not, and this is totally unrelated to what he said and and what he's done because that's hit you. You there there. What you want to say and do with your medium and that speech? I'm not gonna comment on that. That's his. That's his right, but Jay. But I'm just talking strictly basketball. Him being in this Brooklyn Nets organization has been nothing but controversy, drama, and honestly, not winning basketball. The farthest they made was what the Eastern Conference semifinals. But there, this Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Um, throw Ben Simmons in there. James Harden saga has been nothing but a disappointment and a failure. And I can't see Kyrie really. I don't, I don't, I don't picture him coming back and playing the Nets, Jay. I just don't see it right now. I just man, don't see it. Jay, man, I, I'm, I'm happy that you're right there with me, Jay. Cause as I was working on this, I was like, man, I have to write a great argument as to why I'm up on trading Kyrie. Cause that, that just sounds crazy, right? I mean, Kyrie is a 30 point per game score. I mean, will be a hall of famer uh, within due time, man. But Jay, I'm right there with you, man. As an, I'm looking at this as an organization. If I'm the Nets, right. If I'm the Nets front office, First of all, I don't think this team's going to work. I've said this from the beginning. I had him sitting at the at the ninth seed uh, of when we did the Eastern Conference prediction. I don't think this team's going to work. Kyrie's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. As a GM, can you really, really trust Kyrie Irving with a big long-term money deal? No, you can't do that. You know Kyrie's, he's a 30-point-per-game scorer, so he's going to want that big money deal. So what do you do? In my opinion, at this point, the best thing for you to do is trade Kyrie Irving. You get massive trade value, like insane trade value. You build this team around KD, and you go from there, man. But, but Jay, do you? Do you? That's what I was going to ask you next. I, I don't know what the Nets are in a tough situation inherently because of, of the, all the drama surrounding Kyrie. And I think his, it hurts his trade value because teams know how toxic a situation can be if, if Kyrie's added to the equation, right? So what team really wants to bring on? I would, Jay, and no disrespect, I, I think maybe the, the Lakers 
who are willing to take uh, that on because they, I mean, we know the strictly basketball talent that Kyrie brings would make the Lakers a better basketball team. No doubt in my mind. And and anyone who knows basketball would say the same thing, but it's off the court, all the baggage he's bringing. And maybe to the Lakers, the good thing for the Lakers, they could probably get him for cheap because they know the Nets are trying to offload him, Jay. But do you think, I think he's has a low trade value, honestly. But the Nets can't bring him back. That's a problem. That's a good that AJ. I'm not gonna lie. That's a great counter to to, to what I said because I didn't even right. really think about it from that point. I just thought Kyrie's 30 point per game score. Yeah. And that's a massive trade value. We know who Kyrie is, but mm. that is true. That teams are probably gonna try to do the same thing that they were doing with Philadelphia and just lowball him, like lowball him. Like, why yeah. why why I'm gonna give you my star mm-hmm. player if he's gonna come in here and six months from now, if he gets in an argument with the janitor, he's gonna like start pooping on the court yeah. or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> you know Kyrie's crazy, man. That's so, wild. Like, <laughs> that's wild, that's right, wild. <laughs> <laughs> wild yeah jay but like i'm not, honestly jay as a lakers fan i would uh, man uh, so look at the beginning of the year i was like nah i don't want to take him too much drama but after seeing you know kind of how the season has gone i think kind yeah. of a player like Kyrie Irving would help us out a lot so like mm-hmm. honestly i would take that i was actually you know shout out junior shout out my brother i was actually talking to him he, he brought that up to me and i i i said i really don't know man because that's that's a tough one because LA is already scrutinized. I mean, LA they already scrutinize. LA is already on that magnifying magnifying glass. And you add a player like Kyrie Irving, which comes with all this baggage, man. It, I mean, it could go right on basketball wise, but it also could become like TMZ land even more than it already is. Yeah, I would I would do it if you. In my opinion, I don't think the Lakers have anything to lose. You're with your current roster build. You're not competing, but you bring in Kyrie. I think. I mean, that that is a whole different conversation, right? How the potential, the ceiling, it raises the ceiling. We don't know what's going to happen, but the risk, I think the reward outweighs the risk. You know, I, you're, you're going to underachieve with the current roster, but you add Kyrie into that equation, the ceiling's just raised. The floor might be, the floor might be a little lower, right? But the ceiling, boom. Man, Jay. Yeah, Jay. Honestly, that that that'd be big. Yeah, the, the maybe maybe the Lakers need to look into that. Yeah. Maybe the, the the Nets, but the Nets need to be very selective with who they let Kyrie go for. Because I mean, it's not Robert. A lot of pack. There's not a lot of Robert. <laughs> make the call, Robert. Come on, Robert. Come on, Rob. <laughs> last episode, come I was, on, Rob. Last episode, I was over here yelling at Rob. So come on, Rob. Make the dang call, yeah. man. <laughs> but all right, yeah. Jay. So let's let's keep pushing. Let's get to our last um our last up or down, Jay. Uh, as the Nets yeah. move closer. Uh, towards bringing Ime Udoka as the head coach. Uh, as yeah. as a whole, Jay, how are you feeling? Are you up or down on this move? <laughs> <laughs> this was so bad. Man, I am, I am all the way down. <laughs> the Nets are a wild yes. <laughs> organization, Jay. Wild. It's like any, any logical move that they could possibly make, they do the opposite, Listen. it feels like. And it's it's wild. I'm I'm down on on that all the way. I mean, there's no question, and it's not anything to do with Ime Adoko and what he brings to the table. We know he's a winning basketball coach. He brought the the Celtics to the to the championship in their first in his first season with them. The question is all the baggage he's bringing, similar to a guy like Kyrie. Is that really what you want to build and bring in after what just has transpired the past two, three years with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, him coming in, sitting out playoffs? Is he really to to play basketball? I don't know. I just think it's the worst possible thing and spice you could add into this concoction you're building in Brooklyn, man. I just, I just, I just can't. I'm so down on that, that, man. I'm yeah, so I'm down. down. I'm right there with I'm you. Down. Like that's just drama. Like you, you took a man with baggage and added a to place with KD most baggage, Kyrie right. most baggage, and then also like the Nets organization. Like they have some baggage going on. Remember in the off season when Kevin Rant was like, "I want Sean Marks and Steve Nash out of here," and then Joe Side was mm-hmm. like, "No, like we're we're going with Steve Nash and we're going with Sean Marks." Seven games into the season, Steve Nash and goes, and then they bring Ime Udoka. So like, what what are you saying? Like to me at this point, it looks like. 
the, the Nets organization are just giving power to the players, power to the players, man, because they said, oh, we're not going to go for just what the players want. We're rocking with Steve Nash. Then KD walked this statement back and was like, yeah, I know. I'm excited to go with Steve Nash. Seven games into it, he goes, uh, man, I think this is just so much drama, so much messiness. I also think um, basketball wise, you know, MA Udoka is going to be a good defensive coach, but the Nets don't have the defensive players to get it done. So I just don't see how this move is going to make sense. And I feel kind of bad for the Celtics, man. I mean, like they're, he was a good coach. And I mean, besides what happened, like he just like got snatched up. Like I'm, I seen a statement on Marcus smart. He's like, I'm honestly so confused. Like he's like, I, I seen him get suspended for a year, but I thought like next year he'd be back. And now he's a Nets coach. So I, I was confused yeah. about that too. I thought like, isn't he on contract? I'll listen to all that. So whole bunch of drama. I'm so down on that move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a wild situation. And and I could say I could call the Steve Nash firing today, but did, the writing yeah. was on the wall. The writing was on the wall. I don't any any. But you called it early. <laughs> I called it early, but I mean, it was clear he was on the hot seat from the beginning of the season. Yeah, they're saying Joe Sy. We could call his bluff from a mile away. The dude was saying that he's riding with with uh, with Nash and, and Sean Marks, but as soon as he got the opportunity, he was firing him. And similar to Kyrie Irving and his his whole situation. Um, that's going on uh, with his statement about the documentary and all that. He he made a statement, but I feel like he was Joe Sai was basically in the Nets organization was their hand was forced so much to the point where they had to suspend him. And I'm surprised they didn't take that action immediately, dude. Uh, and it just goes to to your point about the player empowerment and, and that sort of thing. It's like they're bending and folding to these guys, Man. like. That's just what it feels like. And every indication has been that they've been folding to the players. They've been willing to do whatever they want. Right. And then KD comes in the uh, into the press conference and says, I didn't know that Steve Nash was going to get fired. Oh, come on, on, man. Come on. Come on. What did he say? Come on. I woke up from my nap. I turned around and I looked at my phone. I was like, KD, stop that. That, You know what? You know what's crazy about that, Jay, is. Is that you're there? The Nets are not, he, they are not doing that or getting that without the sign off and approval of Kevin Durant. Come on, man. That's your Come franchise on, player. That's your tag. Come on. I can't say the same for Kyrie, but Kevin Durant knows for a fact that that was happening so come on honestly cut the crap cut the bs that's honestly ridiculous that kevin durant even said that (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah. i love it i love that you highlighted that jay yes i'm right there super down on that but all right jay i'm just we're just down on the nets in general but jay let's get to our 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 third our next segment here the third segment is rate your worry uh another great segment we we like to do here jay uh you know what it is rate your worry one to ten Let's go ahead and get straight into it, Jay. Um, you talked about it earlier after the Warriors lost last night to the Magic. That put them at four straight losses in a row. Jay, rate your worry one to ten for this Warriors. I'm going to go a five. five I'll go five, four. I mean, this is obviously a terrible start for, for the defending champions. Um, but I will say the fact is they need to get the rotations down. They need to get the rotations down. I think it stems with Wiseman, I, I feel like the rotation, the staff, Steve Kerr has been gifting him minutes when he hasn't been earned. Besides, I want to say one, two games, he played well against the Lakers. He hasn't been playing up to the par at all of, of what a second pick. The rotations have been off. Jermichael Green should be playing about back backup center. They need to be got, playing guys who actually earn their minutes rather than gifting guys minutes because of their second round their second round draft or the sorry their second pick in the draft or they're on a contract or or this and that it needs to be performance based and also a reason I'm at a five and not too worried is the Warriors rating offensive rating defensive rating of their starting five is one of the best in the league which tells me it's just the it's just the rotation guys it's when Stephen Curry um Clay Thompson Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney are off the floor. What is this this role? What are the backups? What are the what is the bench doing? Obviously, Dante Vincenzo has been out for this uh, extended time the past couple of weeks. That hurts. Um, he's a huge. He's probably a sixth man, seventh man in that rotation. But they need to fix up the rotations, and I think you know that will help this team, and they they can get back on track. And I think we're going to see that. Obviously not tonight because we we just breaking news or when 
before we recorded this, I saw that, you know, Steph, Clay Thompson and Draymond and Wiggins are all out. So maybe probably a schedule loss to the Pelicans tonight. I mean, it's going to be tough to win without those guys, but when they get back from this road trip, it's going to be completely different rotations and they're going to be playing to win because you've already gifted six losses right now, early seven losses. And you play, you start playing around and giving up games here to the Orlando magic, one of the worst teams in the league, the Detroit Pistons, one of the worst teams in the leagues. And you'll, you'll mess around and be one of the worst teams in the league yourself. Um, the Warriors. And that's the last thing they, they want to be doing is, uh, is, is messing around that, Am I worried about them making playoffs? Absolutely not. Uh, these are the defending champions for the reason they faced adversity before. So that's why I'm at a four and a five, Jay. Um, it's figuring out the rotations. Um, it's Jordan Poole and the rest of the bench stepping up and playing better basketball. Man, I feel you, Jay. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little higher on that end. I'm actually, I'm actually at a nine, the, at a worry. But the reason really? Because, yeah, the re- but reason because they are the reigning champions. So I have high expectations for them. I can't have the same expectations for them that I have for the Detroit Pistons because three out of the last four losses they had should have been an easy win. They should have beat the Hornets rather easily. They should have beat, handled the Pistons rather easily. Should have handled the Magic rather easily. And technically the Heat too, because they are the reigning champions. But, you know, we'll give the Heat the, the credit due that, that they you know that they earned. And honestly, Jay, when I watch them this year, I just don't feel that same it energy. I just don't feel that same energy that I felt last year. I know Clay's got, he's gotten off to a slow start struggle. Right now he's shooting 29% from three on eight threes per game. They're sitting at that 12 seed and it's early in the season. And that's, and that's the other thing. That's why I have to, it wouldn't, I, I'm not going to put it out of 10 because it's early in the season, but it's just, I don't feel the same energy. They're dropping games that they shouldn't, that, that they shouldn't drop to teams like the magic and the Pistons. Like those are bot like bottom feeders of the league. But most of all, I need everyone to remember that I have to have high expectations. I mean, they're the reigning champions. You know, I can't expect the reigning champions to drop a game to the Pistons, to the Magic, to the Hornets. And that's why my I'd have to go with the nine. Uh, when you say worry, what, is, what are you saying? Worry to them not making the playoffs? No, I'm not saying them not making the playoffs. I'm just saying. The, but what's your this, this what, like, nine this, out of ten on what and saying what? Out of, and, out, of, out of like where they are right now as of today as a team. Like I'm worried. Where is this going to because if this continues this way, then they won't make the playoffs. OK, OK. This way. Like as of okay. today, as of November 4th, if it continues this way, of course, we hope to see change. and We will see change. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I just I wanted to make sure that you were saying so nine out of ten with their current if if that's the for basis all these, for all of these though for all of these okay I mean I'm I'm still at a at a at a five I need to see their with Dante DiVincenzo when they actually have their fixed rotations because part of the reason that we both you and I Jay had well I'll say for me I had them at a three seed I knew early on number one there's there's a three things that were in effect here championship hangover that that's real that's a thing um you saw that a couple years ago with your lakers they started out slower than than possible we saw it with the bucks they started out slower certainly not this year best team in the best team in basketball right now but secondly the rotations early on integrating the young guys the the warriors have made it uh, their front office have made it uh, uh, an effort or are trying to balance the veterans with the young guys Kaminga Wiseman getting minutes Moody getting minutes and I knew coming into this that they were going to struggle early on I think now after this road trip like you said they shouldn't be dropping games to the Magic they shouldn't be dropping games to the Pistons Um, they shouldn't be dropping games to an undermanned uh, Hornets team so uh, after this road after this this terrible um, road trip I think the rotations are going to fix up because they have to, they can't stop. They have to stop dropping games. So it's a worrisome, but I know that they can change it. I know changes will be made. Guys aren't going to be playing minutes. Guys might be getting DNPs certainly. So that's why I'm at a four or five. If we're talking long-term right now, it is worrisome. Absolutely. If it's based on that, then it is a 10 that you drop. You're potentially going to go oh in six on the road and that you haven't won a road game too. So um that's concerning but i'll say four out of five in terms of they're gonna be a playoff team yeah it's like 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 how our boy sam cook said a change gonna come <laughs> but, better come right. soon though jay better come soon 
<laughs> but all right, Jay, let's go ahead and keep it pushing. Let's get to our next rate. You're worried, Jay. James Harden news just dropped that he's out with a foot injury, causing him to miss mm-hmm. an entire month. Mm-hmm. An entire month. Jay, mm-hmm. rate your worry one to ten for this. Uh, I'm at it. I'm at a ten. I'm at a ten, Jay. I'm at a ten. I think. This is a this is a Sixer team who you and I know both weren't playing up to the level that that they should have been playing. Um, they were struggling with similar to the Warriors. They were struggling with continuity, struggling to find themselves and themselves early on and how they want to play basketball. It is, it is worrisome, Jay. You're four and five already as it sits. You're going to rely on Joel Embiid. It, it's honestly to the same situation as last year when Harden wasn't there. Before, I think they have a little better depth, depth, but your guy, the Anthony Melton, has to step up, Jay. Um, Tyrese Maxey, who's showing the strides, has to step up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to temper down a little bit. I'm going to say I'm at a seven, Jay. But it is, it's huge to lose a guy, your offensive catalyst, your primary playmaker and ball handler, point of attack guard in James Harden so early in the season. And not only that so early in the season, but the fact that, you're four and five, you're one game below hundred, but these early on, the most important things for teams is to build continuity is to be in those late, those late game situations when you're down and you have to battle back and learning how you play with the rest of the team and missing that time. So early in the season could be a detrimental Jay. So that's why I'm pretty high on the Richter scale in terms of worry, Jay, but how are you feeling about this? Yeah, Jay, I am right there high with you. I honestly want, I wanted to go 10, but the only reason why I can't 10 is like, Call the police, smash the emergency, like fire extinguisher yeah. thing. Like, but I can't. So I, I have to go with a nine because they've gotten off to the 76 got off to a slow start. And then just recently, they kind of started to pick it back up because before that last L that they took, they had three W's in a row. They beat the Bulls, the Wizards, and the Raptors. Those are three. I mean, solid teams. Definitely the Bulls and the Raptors are, are two solid teams. Wizards and, and you know, your guy Porzingis has actually been balling out. So, like, you know, the, those are three solid teams, three good dubs that they got. And now James Harden, exactly like what you said, Jay, the man who – I mean, a lot of their offense runs through them. It should be going through Joel Embiid, but as we've seen early in the season, like it's going, a lot of it is going through James Harden. Like I'm pretty sure I've seen this stat that he has the most dribbles in the entire league right now. So most of the offense is going through him and now he's going to miss a month. What I fear, Jay, and why I am so high in the worry scale is will he be playing catch-up when they come? Will the 76ers be playing catch-up to get continuity, to understand how to play with the big piece like that? Because come on, man, taking... Taking out, like taking out Clay Thompson out of a lineup and inserting him back in is so much different than taking a James Harden out and inserting James Harden back in. Two different types of players. You run your entire offense through James Harden, and you have to play entirely different when he's off the court. So bringing him back on the court, why I'm so worried is the continuity is will they have it down by the time he comes back? A lot of these teams are going to be in. You know, in, in, in good shape. They're gonna be they're gonna yeah. be running. They're already gonna be running mm-hmm. for some time now. And I'm worried for James Harden and the 76ers because now they have to pick it back up. I'm scared, Jay. And Jay, and, and also the fact it well, also another worry of this that I didn't even mention is it's a foot injury. Man. And anytime you have a lower body extremity injury, you're not gonna be able to be running, you're not gonna be able to be running up and down the court say this was a wrist injury an arm injury like chris middleton he's been able to run lines he's been able to stay in relative basketball shape for harden a guy who struggled with being in shape his whole career that is true this is a terrible wow, injury for him think about that awful injury so you look at it from that lens this could be huge for not only the sixers but james harden and his ability to get back into basketball shape and wow. he's gonna have that to worry with worry about added to the fact that the Sixers are going to be without his presence for so long, Jay. Great point, Jay. Great point. I didn't even think about that, man. Jay, we've known James Harden to struggle with his weight. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. And and that's and that honestly kind of makes me think of, of the, the Zion situation. Because remember when Zion got like a little a, a little a little chubbier because he had that foot injury. And I, I remember the other day I was having a conversation with somebody and they were like, Why is the world coming down on Zion? How is he supposed to be in shape if he can't run, if he can't do any of those things? And I was like, wait, that is true. You know, so come to James Harden 
Same thing, man. Wow, great point, Jay. That's very con- concerning. I might bump it up to a nine and a half for that, Jay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but all right. So then let's get to this next rate your worry statement, Jay. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the man who's missed the entire season last season, has only played in two of the eight Clippers games so far. I would know best because I unfortunately took the guy in fantasy. Um, Jay, rate your worry on Kawhi Leonard still missing time after missing an entire season with an ACL injury. I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go 10. This, this is, this is the worst case scenario for the, for the Clippers right now. I mean, you, this is a guy you've been without, like you said, for the whole season last year. And then you relied on him to at least be playing majority half the games. He's only played two, what, 20%, uh, 25% of these games. And when you need early on, same as the, same as the, the Sixers building the continuity, building that early on presence, of having all your guys, having all your rotation pieces. And this is worrisome because he missed a year and it doesn't look like he's all the way back. Mm-hmm. So there is a complication that we didn't know about or that they're kind of finding out and he's not comfortable playing all these games and he's missing out. So after already missing a year, you're not able to play in ha- at least half the games of eight games this early into the season, Jay. Unless they're really, really cautious about it, it's I'm I'm at a ten, man. I'm really worried about this dude never getting back to himself, Jay. And I hate to say it, you drafted him this and fantasy, dude, but <laughs> it's not looking good for the Clippers. It's not looking good for Kawhi because he's not been able to play basketball in only two of eight games this early in the season after missing a year. Yeah, Jay extremely concerned concerning i am right there with you i am at a nine because like you said he just missed the entire season last year i was expecting him to come back in a whole different mode and physically wise he looks great he looks bigger than ever but he's not out there playing so i don't care how great you look physically you need to be out there hoping you'd be out there getting it done and i mean we know what acls have done to players injuries and we know what acl has done to players careers in the past we know a lot of players who maybe they still have remained in the league but never been the same click killer that they were just never been i mean off the top of my head i mean we know the infamous derrick rose story clay thompson i know he's time to get back but he's never had a chance to he even talks about like there's certain moves he doesn't want to do sometimes because it just feels weird and i honestly fear for that same thing with Kawhi Leonard J. So I'm right there with you. And especially because Ty Lu, that's supposed he's supposed to be like, you know, he's the head coach. He's supposed to be Kawhi's protector. And he came out and said that it's Kawhi's knee that's bothering him. So I mean, shoot, Jay, it's gotta be a lingering issue that's leaving us to concern. Um all at the end of the day, that is Kawhi Leonard, but let's see if he can ever get back to you know Toronto Raptors and you know early Spurs Kawhi, because that was a whole different beast, man. Thanks. Yeah. All right, Jay. All right, Jay. So real quick, Jay, uh, that that wraps up our rate your worry. But real quick, before we get into these games, Jay, I just want to run, you know, real quick segment. Um, who's at the table, Jay? In this new segment I'm, we introducing um, and it could be that, you know, it could be a table with MVPs, could be a table with defensive player of the years. Don't really matter. Today, we're going to go with specific MVP. So that is um, usually I, I grew up with the family of four, Jay. So I sit at the table with a family of four. So I'm just going, you know, just go with a, a table of four. Um, no specific order, Jay. Um, who is at your table for MVP so far? Nine, ten games into the season. Oh, yeah, it's tough, Jay. It's tough. Or it's not that tough, actually. I changed my words <laughs> yeah. up. It's Luka Doncic and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo right now. And I want to say I could throw in uh, Donovan Mitchell right now. How he's been playing, how he's been leading the troops in Cleveland. John Morant, and then. I will say sneakily, 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 Jay, I have Jason Tatum right there. Um, he's in that he's in that top five range for me um, because those guys are winning. Those guys are playing winning basketball. Giannis would have to be at the top um, if I'm saying it. I know you said different order, but this team's seven and zero right now, yeah. and he's playing the arguably the best basketball of his career. But who you got, Jay? Who's yeah, at the Jay. table with? With John Costa. <laughs> Who's at the table with John? I definitely got Luca, man. I mean, he's, he's, scored, <laughs> he's scored 30, Jay. He scored 30 every game so far. That's absurd. He just passed Michael Jordan's record of scoring 30 for the consecutive amount of, for amount of seasons. I mean, amount of first games of the season. Dang. He's at seven mm-hmm. right now. 
Um, right now, he's averaging a ridiculous 36 points per game on 51%. Uh, Giannis, I, yeah, 7-0. and I don't got to say much there. Um, mm-hmm. KD, I, I had KD. Once you said Tatum, I have to, I have to rethink it because KD – is not winning the same way Tatum is. But KD putting on the show, though, 32 points per game, 52% from the field, and 34% from the three-point line. Absolutely absurd. Uh, love to watch it, but he's not winning. So I would, I, I'm going to go ahead and um, con, uh, concur with you, Jay, and take out KD, put Jason Tatum in that position for sure. And, uh, and then the other player I'd have instead of Donovan Mitchell is John Morant, Jay. 31 points per game, six assists, 52 point, 52% from the field, 51% from the uh, three-point line, 85% from the line. He's getting there 10 times per game. He's doing his thing, man. Uh, that's, that, that, that's, that's just real quick, Jay. Real quick MVP table, man. Uh, for the family out there, let us know, you know, who's at the table, um, who's sitting with you, man, who's sitting with you. All right, Jay, so let's go ahead and get into these game recaps. Uh, we know for all the you know, family out there, we like to give you all these recaps for you know, those of you guys that uh, you know, don't got the time to watch all these games. Um, we're going to highlight some of these. Uh, I will start, Jay, from uh, November 1st. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Magic 116-108. Uh, two teams of the future, Jay. I mean, you could clearly uh, see that these teams both have just so much talent, of uh, young guys. But you could also see that Pablo Benchero is just head and shoulders above his class, man, leading all rookies in scoring, rebounds, assists. Um, and then also, you know, one of the first things that I noticed on the Magic side, Jay, was their length. Their starting five is massive. There's not a player who's under 6'8". Pablo is the only player who's under 6'8", and he's 6'6". Huge. That's, that, that's their guard. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, first thing I noticed on their side was their tempo, man. They're at, this season averaging 17 fast break points per game, and it really showed this game, Jay. They kept getting out off a of make, off a of miss. It, it didn't matter. They were getting, getting the ball down court. And um, and then, you know, I uh, dude, I did just want to give another quick shout out to Bo Bo, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, <laughs> been balling out, Jay. I mean, um, sh- sh- we know how good SGA is at creating space, but it just doesn't matter because Bo Bo just covers so much space. And like he had, like, I believe most of his four blocks on SGA, man. So that was, you know, great to see uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Jay, their, their bench came up big, scoring 44 bench points. Um, and then and then also, Jason, while we're talking about, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder, I got to talk about um, that uh, po- po- Poshesky guy, you know, the, the dude who he's not he's not very big, you know, look like a little, a little scrawny out there. Uh, honestly, Jay, I have to just put this in here. It doesn't really have, doesn't have to do much to the game, but if he's going to be in this league, Jay, he's got to get bigger. He's got to get bigger. Wendell Carter abused him, abused him on the glass in the low post. Wendell Carter ended up finishing the game with 30 points, 12 rebounds, five offensive rebounds, and he was eight of eight from the line and only took three shots outside the key. So that means most of his 30 points, Jay, he was just taking it to him inside because he just couldn't guard him. And then, Jay, here comes the end of the game. Uh, was against, th- th- this game was good until uh, Oklahoma City Thunder was down by 16 points, Jay, with five minutes left. And then with three minutes left to go in the game, OKC ended up going on a run. And now they're up by two because of what? Their lockdown defense and their fast break, easy points. And also the Magic, Jay, just choked. They choked and their youthfulness really came out in this game. Um, you know, veteran teams, they know that you can't just keep doing the same thing. If the other teams adjust, you have to adjust. The Magic did not do that. And Jay, I counted 10, 10 consecutive trips that the Magic went down court and took a bad shot and missed. I counted six minutes without a made field goal. At two, at two, at two minutes and 50 seconds left in the game, the Magic had scored their 106 point. They finished the game with 108 points. So that should tell you about how poor that fourth quarter is. And the Magic, you know, took took the uh, took the L, but uh, shout out Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, do you have anything you want to touch on this game, Jay? Did you have a chance to check this one out? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is that I see most with the, like, not only the length that I see with the, the Thunder, Jay, but it's Shea. Shea Gillis-Alexander. Shea Gillis-Alexander is looking like a all-NBA caliber player right now. And I think as, as he leads the Thunder go, man, it's unfortunate we got robbed of seeing out without Chet um this season because he he they could have been fine i don't know about in the play-in conversation but they could have been in the play-in conversation if you add a guy like chet and his uh defensive capabilities into that lineup um, i don't know how seasoned of an offensive player with him but you add him into that mix 
um, just defensively, he just brings their their ceiling a lot higher if you're Oklahoma City. But no, I've just been loving the way um, Shea's been playing. He's he's honestly could do everything on the floor, um, and he's shooting the and he's shooting the uh, free throws at a historic rate right now. I think he's I believe he's missed one free throw he missed this one whole season. All season. He is cold. He is cold. Shout out Canada, man. <laughs> shout out Canada. Shout out, Ham- <laughs> shout out Hamilton. Shout out Hamilton, Ontario. That's where he's from. But he's he's putting out an absolute show right now. And I'm looking for Shea uh, as an early All NBA candidate, Jay. Jay, be real. Did did did, did Shea come over to the house and ask you for some some lessons, Jay, on the free throw line? Uh, I know you. Uh, I know you a knockdown free throw shooter, Jay. Did, nah, did he Jay. come? To I, the house? I wasn't hit him like that. I wasn't hit him like. And I will say, Jay, about him. Man, I'm I'm feeling bad drafting Zach Levine over for <laughs> Shay. I don't know. The only thing that I can potentially say is that if they start losing a lot and he starts sitting out, that's the only way I can justify it. But he's looking like a bona fide superstar right now. Facts, Shout, Jay. Out. Shout out SGA. Shout out SGA, Jay. But uh, but all right, Jay. So w- 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 what game you got for us? Uh, for the highlight for this week? Yeah. So I got a, a ruckus, wild finish between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the one uh, in the Boston Celtics. The Cleveland Cavs came away with the 114, uh, 113 win over the Boston Celtics in Cleveland in overtime. And this game was not only about an MVP candidate performance and season that we've seen, but it was the return of a certain mister certain dude and that's Darius DG Garland man and he had 29 points in his return looking looking like his old self right he was out all that while with uh with the eye injury and he's back and he never looked he he came back you know he had uh 12 assists 12 assists 29 points in this um including a huge alley-oop to Donovan Mitchell in overtime um that put the Cavs up 112 109 um, and then they were able to hold on to their lead for their second win over the Celtics in a span of a week, Jay. And this is huge. Um, and one reason that they were able to really dominate um, the Celtics and kind of not control this game for majority, but really control this game. And you look at teams and them separating themselves. And it was the length and size of the Celtics. Yes, they do have suit so, so the length and size of the Cavaliers. Yes, they do have a small backcourt, but their backcourt is talented. One of the arguably one of the best, most talented offensive duos in the league. And we saw that on full display in their first game back together. Um, But it was in the paint that really made the difference for the for the Cavaliers. Yes, they like I said, they have a small backcourt, but their front court just makes up for that in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And they beat the Celtics in the paint, um, outscored them 56 to 42 in the point paint. And that's where really what can make and break um, a team, you know, that that's especially at home, being able to get those high percentage looks um, is huge, right? Both teams didn't shoot it well from the three point line, both shot it close to 28%. The Cavaliers with a 2% edge at 28% to 26%. And then the the um, Cavaliers were also able to, you know, effectively keep up with the Celtics on the board. You know, surprisingly, they were able to uh, they only were they lost the rebounding battle by one fifty two to fifty one in favor of the Celtics. But, Jay, as we both know, s- stats don't really always tell the story. Right. Yes, they were. <clears throat> yes, they were the Celtics won the rebounding battle, but I just felt like every key rebound, every second chance opportunity uh, rebounded that need to be made. The Cavaliers were making those plays, whether it was in overtime when Evan Mobley got a huge rebound and then kicked it out to, I believe Donovan Mitchell, um, who then made an extra pass to someone who knocked down a big shot, little plays like that make a difference. And I felt like all of those 50, 50 balls, the Cavaliers were making so huge play for them. Um, obviously, got to give some love to the to the Celtics on their end. Um, a huge night from from uh, Jalen Brown, who scored thirty points. Jason Tatum also had twenty six points, twelve rebounds for the Celtics, um, and who are also you know looking to avenge their OT home loss. So we can see right now, Jay, that these teams, both of these teams, are 
going to be back and forth all season. I don't know. It's too early. The Cavaliers are six of one right now. Um, the, the Celtics are four and three, but these look like two close teams. I don't know if I'm ready yet, ready to say the Cavaliers are contenders, but they're certainly in that conversation, right? Um, I just think we already saw an injury from Darius Garland early. I just think their backcourt is too small. As talented as they are, I think their, their size is too uh, too too much to overcome, and I think they can break down. You know, NBA is a long season. It's 82 games. And with that, you know, the size that they're giving up, they could see them start to break down, Jay. But um, this just was an exciting game. But um, the, the Cavaliers were ultimately able to come off. Um, some just tip-ins, some some uh, facts that we got. The Cavalier, the Celtics certainly need Robert Williams back. Um, this Brown and Jason Tatum have each have six 20-plus uh, point games, which has been huge that they've been able to. And the Cavaliers this season improved to 3-0 and in overtimes. Um, let Kevin Love miss all five three-pointers after making eight on Sunday. Um, he did have a rare dunk, Jay. So that was huge for Kevin Love and um, and big win, big win for the Cavaliers in general, man. Um, anytime you can beat the defending Eastern Conference champions um, at your home court and then at earlier the week before on the road, it's a huge confidence booster, um, especially, you know, when we talk about the fact that teams early on are building that continuity. They're being in these late game situations and the Cavaliers have already had three of those games and they've won all three. So you love to see, uh, you love it to see that if you're JB Bickerstaff in this Cavaliers organization and team, man. You absolutely have to love it, Jay. That was an amazing recap. Thank you for that, my brother. And one, one thing and I, I want to point out too, from, from the Cavs the side, they're starting five, all scored 15, 14 points or more. Jared Allen had the had least amount of points with well, with 14, but he also had 14 offensive. He had 14 rebounds as well. So, you know, he was doing his role and and, and getting and getting it done. Uh, and honestly, Jay, like, shoot, man, this Cavs team is getting me young. OKC, Kevin Durant, James Harden vibes, bro. Like that, to be real with you, like that's giving me that kind of vibes. Like, and, and I'm really excited. Um, the only, the only thing I, I that keeps me away from saying they're contenders is their youthfulness is there is how small they are. And we know that the game play is played a, a bit different in the playoffs and, you know, smaller players are usually kind of pre- got, gotten off the played off the court at times, but mm-hmm. Don- Donovan Mitchell, great talent, Darius Garland, great talent. I mean, I'm sure they'll figure something out, but big shout outs to them. And then Jay, just like real quick on the Celtics, like when are we going to start considering Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be like, best arguably the best duo in the league should should that be soon they're, they, yeah they're right in that conversation they're a top five duo absolutely. they gotta be I, they gotta be top five they gotta be they gotta be because when they're playing at their best the celtics are winning games man man yeah they gotta be top five so definitely shout out uh celtics and um and Cavs. great great game uh, Jay, I'm going to go ahead and get into my next game. That was also on November 2nd. That was the Lakers versus the Pelicans. The Lakers beat the Pelicans 120-117 in uh, overtime win. Uh, the Lakers, honestly, first thing I noticed, they're finally bringing Russell Westbrook off the bench. And I love it. It makes sense for everyone. Um, it, he, he, he went from getting booze to when he's on the court to now he's getting like ovations and standing ovations when he comes off the bench. Um, and I mean, I, I've, I've, another thing I've been saying uh, since we got Lonnie Walker, Jay, I was telling like, man, Lonnie Walker's a great pickup, great pickup. And he just struggled with consistency, being consistent. But this game, Jay, yeah, he really popped off uh, 28 points, 52% from the field, 55% from the free throw line. Uh, he hit some big timely shots. Uh, and man, I mean, I think, I think he's just, he's going to be a great player uh, on, on this team. The Lakers just need to Keep giving him the chances. Uh, I know he said early uh, in the beginning of that game, he said, this is the first time I feel like I can play through mistakes. So, you know, Lakers need to just keep giving him that chance to play through mistakes so he can be at his best. Um, and right now, Jay, I mean, the Lakers are currently sitting uh, in second place in the entire league for defensive rating at 104.7. And you really saw that this game, Jay. I mean, the CJ McCullum and Zion Williamson got held to a combined, not individually, combined 10 points in that first half. So the Lakers defense really, you know, locked down that for, in, that, in that first half. 
Uh, and then in the second quarter, you could also see that by the Pelicans only scoring 17 points, um, but an AD slow offensive start to the game, Jay, uh, brought that defensive energy, getting a quick three blocks and two steals just in that first half. And um, also, you know, I just got to highlight other players besides, you know, LeBron and AD, because uh, as AD and LeBron weren't having the greatest offensive night, um, I, it, they even said it on the, on the commentary. They said, it looks like something's wrong with LeBron. Like, yeah, they really did look like something was wrong with LeBron that game. Um, but the team as a whole stepped up. Everyone scored more than seven points except Patrick Beverly. Um, and then the Pelican side of things, Jay, I got to give a quick shout out to the, the Pelicans roster because I was watching this game and I saw Devontae Graham come off the bench. And I was like, whoa, in my opinion, Devontae Graham is a starting guard in this league. For him to be coming off the bench, I think that, you know, says a lot about their depth at, at, at the guard position. Um, and then in the second half, Jay, the Lakers really struggled to score, uh, only scoring 26 points in the third, 29 points in that fourth half, in that fourth quarter. And they gave up a 16 point lead, Jay. And they, they walk, the Pelicans walked down a 16 point lead and actually took the lead for a bit. And in my opinion, the whole reason this, why this happened, Jay, was because Lakers just kind of started giving up on the, on the defensive end. Uh, they weren't getting all those easy buckets that they were get, able to get in that first half because they, the Pelicans just was were putting it in the basket. But in that final, the final three minutes of the game, Jay, and in overtime, the Lakers went right back to that, you know, that lockdown def- defense and got some easy buckets because of it. And ultimately, uh, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan did save the day with that crazy heroic uh, three-pointer in the corner, which was which is a beautifully drawn-up play with all the screens and all that. But what I want to highlight was Matt Ryan, the fact that he caught it, looked down to make sure his feet were behind the line, and then shot it. Like, most players, like, don't even do that. So big shout-out to Matt Ryan, and especially because he was doing DoorDash a couple of months ago. But now, you know, yeah. now, he's, now he's in the league. Crazy story. Crazy story, Jay. But – uh, great game overall, man. I mean, um, ultimately, I think Matt Ryan saved the Lakers and saved LeBron because I think that if the Lakers would have dropped that game and LeBron played the way he did, LeBron actually took the game-winning shot before Matt Ryan did and he missed it. I think that would LeBron would have got a lot for that. The Lakers would have got a lot for that. And then uh, just to just to give just some some other little notes on the game, I loved how Zion Williamson Jay was taking more outside shots. Uh, he actually even took his first three pointer of the year this year, which was great to see. It looked awkward, but you know he just got he got to keep getting them up there, and and it'll and it'll start looking better. Lakers still took too many threes, Jay. In my opinion, they took thirty six, which is too much. They were ten for thirty six. Uh, I think that number. I've said this in the past. I think that number needs to be at twenty five to thirty. And um, last point right here, Jay. Honestly, and this is all genuinely, since Westbrook's gone to the bench, like this Lakers team has 100% gotten better. Not perfect, but definitely got gotten way better. And I truly do believe in the turnaround of this Lakers team, not saying for a championship, but I still think Russell Westbrook needs to go. But if as long as he comes off the bench, I truly do believe in a turnaround in this uh, Lakers team, as long as, you know, LeBron and AD stay healthy out there. Um, but overall, Jay, great game. Um, Lakers got their second win, and now they're sitting at the the thirteenth seed. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> the thirteenth seed, but yeah, no. He, shout out Matt Ryan, huge, huge shot, huge, huge shot. But Jay, I, I absolutely believe in um, in the turnaround. You know, we both had them, I believe, at the seventh seed early on. Um, if they're going to turn around this season, though, I will say. They need better performances. Yes, it is. It is nice that they won this game because um, certainly, like you said, defensively they were locked in. Arguably, the better team, you know, uh, throughout the game for majority of the game, the, the Pelicans met. You argue made it had a better fourth quarter, but when plays needed to be made at the end, the, the Lakers certainly came up with them. The only thing I will say is. For the Lakers to have any success, they need LeBron to be the top five player that, you know, we know they can be. So that's my only concern. But if if he starts playing the level that we know they can play, they're going to start certainly start racking off some, some wins here moving forward, Jay. But um, let's talk about another team who struck. Well, the Lakers have won, I believe, two straight now, but a team who's been struggling to start the season. And that's my, my golden state warriors um, sitting at three and six. Now I believe um, with another four straight loss against the Orlando magic um, 130, 129, and a huge night uh, career night 
from Jalen Suggs, 26 points, uh, nine for 17 from the field, nine assists, four steals. We saw him come up with some big plays at the end on Stephen Curry. But this is the story of this game was like we have been see, been the case this whole road trip for the Warriors was their the bench players and how they've been performing or not performing in this case. The whole Warriors um, starting five, um, Draymond Green plus five, if we're going to look up to this, Wiggins plus three. And in this case, you know, plus minus might not always tell the story, Jay, but in this case it does because that is a reflection of when these guys are off the floor, the rest of the bench unit is not stepping up. And this is why I'm going to be reading off the plus minuses of this of the starting rotation. Kavon Looney plus 10, Stephen Curry plus four, Clay Thompson plus 13. And then we get to the bench, Jamichael Green minus 15, Dwayne Wiseman, one of the worst games of arguably of his career, that's why I talked about him not being a potentially not being a rotation minus nine. Ty Jerome had a decent night plus three. Uh, Jordan Poole awful game minus ten. Uh, uh, Moses Moody not, minus nine. So it's just we've seen year throughout the season, throughout the beginning of the season, the Warriors' inability to get productive bench um, to get productive minutes from their bench, and that's exactly what's what happened in this game. Um, and the Magic were able to take advantage of that. So w- when we push it to the Magic, Jay, and, and what they were able to do well, um, and, and that was, number one, the free throw discrepancy. The Warriors shot 15 free throws to the Magic's 46 wow. free throws. Uh, absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I don't know historically what the biggest free throw discrepancy has been, but that has to be one of them. The Warriors shot 31 less free throws than the Magic. On the road, that's a hard um, deficit to overcome, man. Um, but but at the same time, the Warriors, a lot of the fouls that they had were awful fouls um, and and kind of mindless fouls, take fouls, all of this, all of that. And those fouls add up to where you're in the bonus early on in the second quarter. Um, in the first quarter, we saw early in the fourth quarter that they were in the bonus, the Magic were in the bonus because of easy just terrible fouls and those type of plays and those type of free throws come back to bite you in these type of games. Um, You know, uh, so Jay, one of the biggest runs, there was nine minutes left in the third quarter. The bench unit um, was on the floor for the, for the Warriors and they blew a 15 point lead to the magic were able to battle back and eventually took the lead. And the Warriors were never really able to truly close the gap. They did take the lead towards the end of the fourth quarter, but it was just the Jalen Suggs show, man. He was motivated. He was hungry. And this is the first time we've really seen him kind of step up. And now he is the lead guard with uh, Cole Anthony out for them, Markel Fultz. We don't know when he's coming back, but this was a huge opportunity for him to step up. Um, And he absolutely did, Jay. And uh, you kind of look at this you know, magic team is hungry, Jay. The Paulo, as you mentioned earlier, Paulo Bencaro, he's looking like he's a huge steal, arguably, right? You know, a lot of people had doubted him when he, they said he was going to be the first pick, but he has been been uh, been showing that throughout, Jay. Uh, but I will say the story of this was Jalen Suggs being that guy just got it done, Jay. And you know, you ha- you know, you uh, the early. Jay has the the sign. He has the pickup because he got Chuma Okiki uh, early on on Thursday, and it paid off big time. Jay, the Chuma had sixteen points, nine boards, three assists, one block off the board, and he was a plus thirteen. Caleb Houston had some good five minutes towards the end of the in the second half. R.J. Hampton good minutes off the bench as well, and then. Harris had a good minutes off the bench for the Magic. So just an all-around team effort, right, uh, led by Jalen Suggs for the Magic and then nothing uh, projection-wise for the for the Warriors, man. Just a bad loss on the road. Owen, they moved to 0-5 on the road after this loss, and the Magic continue to dominate uh, the Warriors at home. They actually have, I believe, a five- or four-game win streak at home since 2017 against the Warriors. So they've been taking care of business. That's a crazy (laughs) statistic. Yeah, the Magic have had some ownage at home against the Warriors uh, dating back to uh, 2017. So 
be interesting to see how the Warriors respond, Jay. Um, they've been this is a probably the worst start you could have had if you're them defending champions to start the season. Like I said earlier, maybe a scheduled loss tonight against the Pelicans. So they're potentially looking at three at seven going home. So not to start if you wanted, but certainly a, a good game uh, despite the outcome. A great game to watch, man. Um, and it's good to see these young stars battling with a t- true. Uh, tested team like the Warriors in the Magic, man. Yeah, Jay, that was a nail-biting game, you know, 129-128. Um, and I did I didn't want to ask Jay, there wasn't Kaminga wasn't injured, right? Like he just he just got a DMP. No, he's just DMP. Yeah. Man, because I because I I'm I'm looking and I'm thinking like I feel like Kaminga would have been great with against this youthful uh, magic roster. You know, they got a bunch of just crazy, just jumping out the gym everywhere, young guys. I think Kaminga is exactly that. Um but so, yeah, it would have been great to see him get some more minutes. Uh, and then I, I also looked at I just looked at that third quarter, Jay. I mean, the Magic scored 43 points in that third quarter. Uh, and I feel like, you know, if the Warriors would have just held him to just like, like a regular third quarter, they might have even, you know, they would they would have took this game because, I mean, they lost by one point. Um, but, yeah, overall, get, overall Jay, uh, great game. Great recap on that, my brother. And um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, with that, no, not concerned for the Warriors as far as playoffs is very early in the very early in the season, but they do fall now to the 12th seed and uh, we got to see where they're going to go from here, man. But I think like how you said, Jay, after that road trip, when they come back and they start um, stop trying to run all these um, new lineups and stop trying to test all these players, uh, I think they'll, you know, they'll get back right on board. All right, all right, Jay. All right, Jay. Well, all right, Jay. Well, I think this is a good place for us to go ahead and, uh, and wrap it up here. Jay, we had a jam packed episode. We had some game recaps. We had the up or down who's at the table, rate your worry. And we can't forget about Yakapurdo game, man, that shout out, shout out to you for that, Jay. Uh, So I think this is a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, Is there any final thoughts that you have here, Jay, you want to say? Nah, Jay. Looking forward to an action-packed weekend. Uh, we'll ba- be back at it on Monday, man. Um, but, yeah, let's get it. Yes, sir. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. And for those of you guys that are on YouTube, y'all see the shirt, man. Clutch Talk merch. Make sure y'all go support. Make sure y'all go some love. Show some love. It's in the uh, link in our in our bio. Um, so that also means you got to go check out our Instagram, our TikTok, our Twitter, all of that, man. Go check us out. Uh, but if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.